0: I'm Pastor Julie Lewis, and we are at Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, and it is Easter season today. We, our message is, Unless I See, and the scripture is John twenty nineteen through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed me because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written, so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Missouri is affectionately known as the show me state. And I didn't know why until I looked it up. One story says that in 1899, Missouri's U.S. Congressman Willard Duncan Van Diver coined that phrase in a speech in reference to silver-tongued politicians. He said, I come from a state that raises corn and cotton and cockleburs, I had to look that up too, and Democrats. And frothy eloquence neither satisfies nor convinces me. I am from Missouri. You have got to show me. There are other not-so-intellectual stories, but either way, it has morphed over time to indicate what is known as the stalwart, conservative, non-credulous character of Missourians. In other words, they need to see it to believe it. I think we are all like that to a degree. Some of us are gullible and would believe almost anything, but for the most part, We all like having proof positive in the flesh, so to speak. From our text today, it is an ongoing human trait. Thomas, one of the remaining 11 disciples, has been unofficially named Doubting Thomas throughout the ages. And it's quite unfair, if I'm honest. I want to go over the sequence of events since the morning of the resurrection, according to John, and I want you to pay attention to who sees Jesus when and how? First, Jesus is dead in the tomb. We know because Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus put him there and rolled a stone over the entrance. And on the third day, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb and sees the stone is rolled away, and the body is no longer in the tomb. Mary then runs back into town and tells Peter and John about the stone and her belief that his body has been stolen. Peter and John, apparently with Mary, run to the tomb to discover that she is right. They both go in, seeing nothing but folded up grave claws, and then go back home. Mary hangs around, goes into the tomb to find two angels, and she talks to them. Then she turns to go out of the tomb and sees Jesus, but she doesn't recognize him until he speaks to her. Once she recognizes Jesus, she follows his command to go and tell the disciples. So off to town she goes again to tell them she has now seen Jesus and he's alive. She must have gotten a good workout that day. But did they actually believe she saw him? It's hard to say, but I don't think so. Then later that day, we find the disciples locked in a room somewhere when Jesus just suddenly appears among them like some well-trained magician. He immediately shows them his hands and his side just so they will know it's him. And they are, as scripture puts it, overjoyed. However, we soon find out that Thomas wasn't there that night and he doesn't believe what the other disciples have told him. And like a good Missourian, he needs to see it for himself. And see it he does the following week. Apparently, this is a weekly gathering. He is with them, and Jesus miraculously appears among them again, as he did the last time. He presents his hands and his side, and Thomas is finally convinced, and all is right with the world. And yet, like it's some personal failure that he insists on seeing in order to believe, he is forever known as doubting Thomas, but what we fail to remember is that from the time Mary first walks to the tomb until Thomas is confronted by Jesus in the flesh, no one believed Jesus was alive until they saw him face to face, and I think we're just fooling ourselves if we believe we would have been any different. If someone told you that a loved one you knew to be dead, was up and walking around. Would you believe it unless you saw it? I don't think so. I think we all have a degree of that Missouri show-me attitude in us. So if we need to see Jesus to believe, how do we, as people of faith, meet our demand to see Christ when seeing Jesus in the flesh is no longer possible? You always ask such good questions. It really keeps me on my toes. First, though, I want to talk about not what the disciples saw or didn't see, but what Jesus shows them. You see, we can really get stuck on thinking they knew it was Jesus only because they saw his physical body. But there's really more to it than that. Jesus is a total package, not just a physical body. He had told the disciples and his followers over and over that he was the son of God, that he was God in the flesh, and we proclaim that Jesus was both fully human and fully divine. His divinity was seen while he was here on earth in his healing, in his compassion, in his ability to see into someone's heart and know what they were thinking. He spoke to them and taught them the wisdom of God, even giving them instructions on how to live their lives when he was no longer walking among them. He gave clues before his death and resurrection about what would happen and how they would recognize him, how they would know him once he was raised from the dead. So what were they? In John fourteen twenty-five to 27, the night he was betrayed... Jesus says to the disciples, I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. I'm sure that with all the events that unfolded pretty quickly after he said this, it would have been easy to forget these words. What does the opening verse of our passage today tell us? The doors were locked for fear of the Jews. They were afraid, and their hearts were troubled. In walks Jesus, and the first words out of his mouth are, Peace be with you. He says it twice. In the midst of their fear, he fulfills his promise to give them his peace. See, this is one more way they can see that this is truly Jesus. He then goes on to fulfill the promise of the advocate. As he breathes on them, receive the Holy Spirit. He willingly and without being asked shows them the physical markers that identify him as the same one who was crucified, but his actions in their presence, fulfilling the promises he made to them before his death, reveal more deeply and concretely that it is truly Jesus Christ, the Son of God, raised from the dead. Now I've heard people say, I see to mean actual sight with their eyes, but it's also used to mean that there is an awakening of understanding, kind of like saying, oh, I get it now. I see. See, there are two ways to see that this is Jesus, with their eyes and in their understanding of his character, of who he really is. Hebrews 11.1 tells us that faith, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In other words, believing something is true or real without actually physically seeing it, going against that show-me mentality. Jesus says to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. He's kind of saying the same thing. Faith requires belief without actual visual sight. The writer of John makes this clear when he says, now Jesus did many other signs which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. We don't need to see the physical Jesus to have faith to believe. Yet, in essence, through our faith, we are relying on the witnesses of those who did see the physical Jesus and recorded it for us to read. Somehow, some way, someone saw Jesus and left that memory for future believers. It would be a lot more challenging to believe if someone hadn't actually seen him. They pass on their account so that we can believe and that our faith will give us eternal life. Those first witnesses to the risen Christ are crucial to our faith, to the witness of the church in the world. So how did the world know that those disciples had really seen the risen Christ? Because seeing Jesus changed them, changed who they were, how they behaved, and how they lived in the world. Those witnesses, the followers of Christ, became emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit. We read the stories and acts about how they performed miracles, raised the dead, sang in their prison cells, walked out of locked doors, escaped mobs wanting to stone them to death, and shared the good news of Jesus Christ wherever they went without fear. In seeing the risen Christ, they received his peace, and they became fearless. Those followers became a new community, a community of faith that we now call the church. Jesus called them and subsequently all followers who come after them to a mission. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Their new mission was to go into the world and share the good news that Jesus is alive, that he is making all things new, and giving us new life through our faith. Faith that believes without actually seeing. But what does all that mean for us? How can we see Jesus long after those first witnesses to the resurrection? How can we be sure that Christ is alive? Are there some of us still stuck in that show-me mentality, that we have to see Christ's physical body before we believe? The truth is, we can see Jesus, even now, if we open our eyes to see. When Jesus came to those first witnesses, he was creating a community of followers, and he gave them a common mission, to make disciples to love one another and to share the love of God with the world. Even though he ascended into heaven and his physical body was no longer walking among them, he gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God living within them, binding them together as what we call the body of Christ. If we want to see Christ, we only have to look around and see how Jesus lives in his people. The disciples were changed by their experience of witnessing the risen Lord. Anyone who knew them before could see that they were no longer the same. Their purpose in life had changed. Their acts of compassion and mercy showed the world that Christ is alive and living in them. Their boldness their ability to live a Christ-like life without fear, and the joy that rose from their faith were all marks of people who had seen the risen Christ. Jesus says, They will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The first communities of faith shared all they had in common, had no barriers in regards to culture or status, and served with a grateful heart, even those who would persecute them. They revealed to the world our risen Christ because they became his body, his hands and feet, so that others could see and believe. So if you want to see Jesus, Look first to the body of Christ that we call the church. See how our faith in Christ moves us to serve sacrificially, to give and share our resources, minister to our communities, and come together without boundaries, not leaving anyone out, and all done in the name of Christ. We may not have seen that physical Jesus like those first witnesses, But we can see the Jesus that lives on in his people, the body of Christ. No, we're certainly not perfect, and we don't always get it right. Don't worry, those first disciples didn't either. Yet the world can see a change in us as we walk closer and closer to Jesus, letting the Spirit lead us, teaching us everything Jesus has taught us in his word. Take a look around. Right here at Asbury, we can see Jesus in our ministries. The food pantry that gives food to those who would be hungry without it. Our connection with the residents of Mosaic that reminds them they are loved and have value. The computer center we have helped make a reality in Liberia. in the goodies and support we give to the staff at North Smyrna Elementary School to encourage them in their quest to raise up and educate the next generation. In the many online ministries and Bible studies we provide to help people experience the risen Christ for themselves, in welcoming all who enter our building, or join us in worship online to show the body of Christ is for everyone. When we do anything in the name of Jesus, we not only can see Jesus, we are Jesus to the world. That's how the world will see Jesus, in you and in me, in the ways we love one another, in the ways we serve our neighbors in his name. So when you doubt, and we all have times of doubt, take a good look around and see the risen Christ in how we, as the body of Christ, reveal Jesus to the world. See how we serve, how we live, and most of all, how we love. As you see Jesus more and more clearly through your study and in your walk of faith, you will receive a greater depth of understanding of who he is in your life and in the world. And Christ will be easier for you to see, easier for the world to see. And he will give you his peace. Then let the risen Lord be seen in you. Find a way to reveal Jesus to someone else by sharing your love for Christ through a mission or ministry, by reaching out a hand to someone in need, or just by telling someone about how you have seen Jesus And how he has changed your life. Then when the world says, show me, they will see Christ in you. There's no doubt about it. Amen.